You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Final hour on this Meet Friday. Front row is here, front and center. Fritzy joining us via Zoom. He'll have to live vicariously through us because it is a Meet Friday. And in case you're wondering, what's on the grill? Tequila, lime, chicken thighs, chips, and guacamole. Guacamole. Who has it better than we do? No. No. Nobody. 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 So uh, that's on the grill. We'll have that coming off the Traeger coming up in about uh, 40 minutes from now. We'll check in with uh, Jamarco Farr. He does the Rams radio network, former NFL defensive lineman. Get his thoughts on the Rams going into Tampa Bay. Here's Sean McVay, the Rams head coach, on what do you do against Tom Brady? Yeah, I mean, he's he's got so much he, so much experience. He's so smart. You know, he's, he's so twitchy in his upper half and can speed it up. He recognizes exactly what's going on. And so I think, you know, the, the best way is, is try to influence and affect, move him off his spot, be able to win with your rushes. Easier said than done. It's, it's why he's uh, the most successful quarterback of all time. You want to say something, but you don't want to say anything. You want to be nice, verbal bouquets, giving some flowers there. You know, his upper body and he's twitchy. And any quarterback, you put pressure on him, that's the goal. And that will be the goal against Tom Brady and in particular because he won't have a healthy offensive line. Do you remember, this was a note three weeks ago, that the NFL changed its policy. The NFL and the NFL Players Association agreed to modify their joint COVID protocols, cutting the standard isolation period after a positive test for asymptomatic individuals from 10 to 5 days regardless of vaccination status. Now, you had a lot of positive tests back then. This is late December. Well, Pro Football Talk's Mike Florio just tweeted out, no active players from any of the remaining eight teams have landed on COVID-19 reserve this week. There's no coincidence here. The NFL doesn't want to know. The NFL, unless you come forward and say, you know, I'm not feeling good or I might have a fever, or I got a scratchy throat, you don't have to test. So we said at the time, nobody is going to come forward and go, you know, I think I need to be tested. And you got the playoffs going on? So I'm not surprised at that, but uh, Florio pointed out that nobody, no teams, have any players on the COVID-19 list. 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter handle at dpshow. Uh, poll question for the final hour, Paul. It is still which quarterback has the most to gain, and it's Matt Stafford by a long shot. I think he's up to 40%. Which quarterback has the most to gain by winning in this playoffs? Okay. Yeah, it's big for Stafford, and I think it's big for Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers for a bigger picture. Although Stafford, really, if he wins a Super Bowl, is probably going to be a Hall of Famer. You know, he hasn't had much postseason success. He hasn't had many postseason opportunities. Like if Phillip Rivers had a Super Bowl, I think the perception is so different from these quarterbacks when you get to that level, when you have all those numbers, and when you have those numbers, it almost makes it worse when we go, well, how much success did you have in the postseason? And Phillip Rivers had a whole lot more talent around him than Matthew Stafford did. But I I tend to be far more generous when it comes to Hall of Fames. And a lot of times when you see somebody, and I've been fortunate in these 40 years of doing this, that I was able to see almost all of these players, the, the modern players. You know, back in the 60s, I was, you know, just watching. But, you know, once got into the 70s, but being, being able to go to games too 
And I was very fortunate to have a professional basketball team, or at least close to a professional basketball team in Cincinnati with the Cincinnati Royals. I got to see all those great teams come to town. You know, when Maravich came to town, when Jerry West, the Lakers came to town, when, uh, you know, the New York Knicks came to town, when Lou Alcindor came to town. Like, I got to see these players in person. Now, I probably didn't have an analytical eye that I have now, but I at least have some knowledge of them playing and, and what the impact was or what it meant in a game. Uh, and the same with watching these quarterbacks. Is somebody a Hall of Famer? Well, if, did you win a Super Bowl? How many did you win? Did you lose a Super Bowl? How many did you lose? Like Jim Kelly, if Jim Kelly wins four Super Bowls, is Jim Kelly then up on that list of one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time? Is he right there with Montana? If he went 4-0, that's, that's, the, that's how narrow the margin is with this. And how much luck, pure luck, has Tom Brady had to win Super Bowls and lose Super Bowls? It's really such a fine, fine line between winning and losing. If, if David Tyree doesn't make that catch, if Vinatieri doesn't make those field goals, if they don't get the call in the tuck game, if Vinatieri doesn't kick that field goal in the snow. Now, Malcolm Butler, he got one because the greatest defensive play in NFL history. He was losing the Super Bowl. And that's why when we talk about greatest quarterback of all time, I like to look at it and say most decorated. Like LeBron's going to have the most decorated resume in NBA history. That doesn't make him the best player. Not getting into that argument, but Tom Brady has the most decorated resume in NFL history. Yes, Eden. I heard Mike Greenberg say something really interesting the other day where he said that uh, Tom Brady is the GOAT, right? Greatest of all yeah, time. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers is the boat, the best of all time. <laughs> okay. And that there's, there's a difference between the two. One can be the greatest while the other one can be the best. All right. We could steal that. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I thought, no, Dan Patrick, I heard. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, we love Greeny. Yeah. Yes, Paul. It's weird, though. Some people will still credit someone for not losing a Super Bowl. Some people still uh, bank on Joe Montana. He never lost one, but then the, he, he, he didn't go to that many. He went to four, which is a lot. But, you know, Tom Brady lost Super Bowls. And same thing with Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan went to six. LeBron's been to more. Well, they don't hold Michael accountable for all those years that he didn't do well in the postseason. He has a spotless record like Joe Montana. Like people think Mike played six years and he won six titles. He didn't? (laughs) Exactly. And he never missed a game-winning shot. Never. He never did that. It's just different. It's social media. And, you know, LeBron benefits and he gets roughed up because of social media. By the way, we had T.J. Watt on earlier in the week. And I wanted to talk to him. He's going to be the defensive player of the year. And he tied the uh, single season sack record. He thought he set the single season sack record. And uh, I asked him the following question. Um, Halftime, I thought I had to. um, But then I checked my phone because our D-line coach is like, they're giving it to you. They're giving it to you. You have it. And then a couple other guys like, no, you're not. So I checked my phone at halftime, which I never do. and then JJ and my brothers, the group chat was like, they only give you one, man. You got to go get another one <laughs> and uh, tried like hell to get another one in the second half. And uh, they were running the ball a whole bunch. So it wasn't wasn't uh, in the cards. 
I wasn't aware of it at the time. NFL rules under normal circumstances prohibit players, coaches, and team personnel from using cell phones. Uh, you're not allowed to use any electronics except for the special Microsoft tablets. <laughs> of course. Yes. Uh, 90 minutes before the game and through the end of the game. So you can't cheat. But um, I don't know if T.J. Watt's going to get in trouble for using his phone at halftime of that game. But uh, he did break a rule, in case you were following that. I, I didn't realize it at the time. NFL playoffs continue. Divisional round showdown. It's the Rams taking on Brady and the Bucks Sunday at 2 Eastern on NBC and Peacock. Uh, we'll get to uh, more phone calls coming up. Uh, let's see. Jimmy in Phoenix. Jimmy, welcome to the program. What's on your mind? Hey, good to be here. 54407. <laughs> Ring it a ding. I'm a cannonball. Hey, listen, when you guys roll into town on your way to the Super Bowl, I want to get your approval on this. Okay. Selling Dan Patrick bootleg items. May I go down the list of items that I have ready for sale? Sure. <laughs> I've got the Dan Patrick head-shaped balloon, the pen and pencil set, the compass decoder ring, and the Dan Patrick football phone. And all proceeds go to charity, and charity works at the Lusty Lady Lounge. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Jimmy. Go get him. Go get him, Jimmy. The Lusty Lady Lounge? (laughs) Yeah. Check Check and see if that's real. The Lusty Lady Lounge. She's one of the exotic dancers. Yes. Seaton may stop in the Lusty Lady Lounge. Sounds like a fine establishment. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Harry in New York. Harry in New York joins us on the program. Hi, Harry. Hi, Harry. Hi, Harry. Sean in Oregon joins us on the program. You know, I, I, I apologize because I know people call in and they're on hold for a while and they have to do other things. And, and so it's not always on the callers. But, you know, be ready. Like Sean in Oregon is going to be ready right now. Very ready, Dan. Thank you. You know, this is a terrible time of year to take a road trip. I was, you know, maybe you guys can schedule something for the All-Star game in Seattle next year, and you guys can uh, travel past Hell's Canyon, which is a deeper canyon and just as great as the Grand Canyon. <laughs> and I want to I want to get on to, uh, you know, the game of the Rams and the Bucks and how what this is going to do for Matthew Stafford. You know, Matthew Stafford has got all these grand milestones, you know, from Mel Kuyper telling him he was going to be the number one draft pick when he came out of high school came true. And he was the first to 20,000 yards. He was the fastest quarterback to 45,000 yards. And when he wins the Super Bowl and that defense comes up the middle and puts up pressure on Tom Brady, and this is going to solidify his career. This is going to be a big deal. All right. Well, thank you, Sean. He's got three more weeks here. You win three more games than Matthew Stafford, Hall of Famer. Tom in Green Bay. Hi, Tom. What's on your mind? Hey, Dan. 59180. Yeah. So my wife and I are expecting our first child, and her our due date is tomorrow. Ooh. And if I know my wife at all, she is going to go into labor right at kickoff. So my question is, what's the proper etiquette? Do I have to mute the game? Do I have to start watching on my phone? Maybe just GameCast? I'm not sure. Well, if you is this your first child? Yep. Okay. Yeah. All bets are off. Focus on that. 
Uh, even if you got a little bit of a hall pass from your wife, you know, and she'll say, hey, give me updates on the Packers or, you know, just check it randomly. Don't do that. Be all in. Be all in. Be all in. And, and, if, and if you want to sneak away, you'll have opportunities to sneak away and check the score. But just bring your phone. Make sure you charge your phone. But don't fall into that trap of, hey, she said I could go and watch the Packers game. Um, and I don't want you more excited if the Packers are doing well than when your baby is born. Like, don't do that either. But just be in the moment for her because these kind of things come up, say, oh, I don't know. If you've been married like 35 years like I have where maybe you didn't do something or you passed out when your son was born. It's unfixable. So hope that well, helps Definitely you. no tell no tailgating. <laughs> okay, okay. All right. Well, thank you, Tom. Yeah, he, uh, tailgating. That'd be interesting. You'd be outside watching the game, just have you know some intern come in, a couple of bratwurst. <laughs> you, you imagine helping your wife there, and you smell like beer and bratwurst. In Buffalo, they're yeah. diving through a table. Yeah, so. yeah, it'd be great. Yeah, Paul. My wife gave birth uh, 13 years ago this weekend. It was, it was the Monday after the games, the weekend, we went to like a, a party on Saturday. Our friend was having a party to watch the AFC, NFC playoffs. And two days later, she had a baby. But like, she had no signs of it during the weekend. She goes, I'm fine. I'm good to go. And then Monday morning was go time. And never listen to them when they say, no, no, I'm good. I'm not going to have this baby. Oh, yeah. Go to, go to the hospital anyway? Well, just be. Uh, I went to Sports Center when my last one was born. Because my wife said, I said, are you having this baby? It was this Sunday. She goes, nope, I'm not. I said, okay, because I'm, I'm going to drive an hour up to the mothership, and i got to do Sunday night, and I can't have them you know, call somebody. It's a big night doing Sports Center. She goes, nope, not having it. I get up there, start writing the script for Sunday night. Somebody on the assignment desk goes, uh, you got to get to the hospital. Your wife is in labor now. She's on the way to the hospital. And uh, I'm thinking, oh, my God. So I just dashed out of there. And somehow, I don't know who they call, maybe Steve Levy. And uh, it, I, although I think Levy filled in for me the one time <laughs> when another one of my children was, was uh, born, that was the bulging disc night. I think Leaves was filling in for me and had that moment where he said bulging, you know, the guy had a bulging disc, but he just didn't say disc. And that's when Oberman had the unbelievable line. He goes in. Thank God we don't have video of that. <laughs> when he says he's got a bulging. <laughs> I think that was Levy filling in for me when one of my other daughters was born. <laughs> yeah, Paul. I think that's why I love that Steve Levy, who is an awesome dude. By he the is. Way. He's first ballot. He's a great guy. I'm so glad he got Monday Night Football. So that's the first <laughs> paragraph in his bio. Yeah. Uh, let's take a break. Uh, coming up, we'll check in with the Rams, the former defensive lineman and uh, now works for the Rams Radio Network. DeMarco Farr will join us on the program. More phone calls as well. Back after this in the Dan Patrick Show. Mercedes-Benz, the Sprinter van, the uh, tour that continues across country with Seton. That'll be coming up in a couple of weeks. The Mercedes-Benz Sprinter mode 4x4 by Storyteller Overland. You enter the Dan Patrick Show Ultimate Camping Rig Sweepstakes. We will probably know on Monday what the route will be, and then you can help Seton fill in some of the gray areas there of where he should stop along the way because you're getting a lot of suggestions. A lot of good steakhouses out there, apparently. Yep. 
And a lot of uh, opportunities for beer. Uh, many, numerous opportunities for beer. I yeah. have a friend in Arizona who has a Traeger, and uh, he is saying to Seton that he will supply uh, steaks, wine, and Pappy Van Winkle. Winner, winner, chicken yeah. dinner right yeah. there. Uh, DanPatrick.com or FoxSportsRadio.com to enter, get official rules, and a chance to win the amazing Mercedes-Benz Sprinter van. Uh, DanPatrick.com or FoxSportsRadio.com by February 2nd. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. More phone calls coming up. Where their vans stop short, Mercedes-Benz vans go far beyond from their customization options, cutting-edge tech, five-star sales service financial support crew. Mercedes-Benz vans build equipped, engineered to be ready for anything. Go the extra mile, taking the all-important first step into an authorized dealership today. DeMarco Farr, Rams Radio Network, sideline reporter, won a Super Bowl, Rams over the Titans. You got the Rams visiting the Buccaneers Sunday NFC Divisional Playoffs kickoff at 3 Eastern. DeMarco, how you feeling, brother? I'm good, Mr. Patrick. How are you, sir? I'm, I'm good. When's the last time you hit somebody? Oh, God. Like, you know, legally or illegally? <laughs> <laughs> well, either. <laughs> might, might be a better story. Well, I'm not going to tell you the other one. But, yeah, I mean, it's been about 20 years, yeah, since I tackled somebody. Yeah, no doubt. How is that – it's weird, though, that you spend, what, 20 years of your life hitting people. Yeah. And, and then you have to stop hitting people. You know, it's 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 a, it's, it's something you have to learn. Um, <laughs> when you're playing football, <laughs> you really get a chance to take your aggressions out. And then when it's done, you have to learn how to, like, talk, you know. <laughs> how many Hall of Famers did you sack? Oh, God. Steve Young. I never got Jim Kelly, but I got fined for drilling him. I think I touched Elway on a sack. Uh, Warren Moon, uh, a couple, a few. Elway, I, I touched him down, or he got away. Brett Favre, twice. few uh, Hall of Fame guys, yeah. Did you talk to him? You know, I tried to talk to Jim Kelly. Um, he kind of, like, set me straight because I, I blasted him in St. Louis on that hard turf. And, you know, when you run through a guy, you know when it hurts a guy. I can hear his, like, back crack. So I got up and said, yeah, baby, how'd that feel? And he looked at me and says, I've been hit by better than you. <laughs> and it just it just took everything out of me, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> I went from this, you know, this rampaging beast to this little kid back in the sixth grade. So, yeah, it's weird. Best Warren Moon tried to talk me out of a game because we go back to Washington. So he kept bringing up stuff from my past, like trying to keep me from being aggressive. <laughs> Wait, during the game, like he would just Dur throw something out, Th throw something out. He 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 brought up Don James, which is always a soft spot. Then he brought up Jim Lambright. He brought up where I lived in McMahon Hall uh, at UW. <laughs> I mean, all this UW stuff. You know, it just it kept me from like wanting to you know break his leg or something. <laughs> Best lineman you went against? Oh man, Randall McDaniel uh, and Bruce Matthews. Uh, if you ask me, the the first two plays of the Super Bowl. Uh, in Atlanta, I, I couldn't tell you. I was on my face with Bruce Matthews on my back. <laughs> uh, so Bruce Matthews, Randall McDaniel, absolutely the, the best ever. Randall McDaniel with that ugly-ass stance. I'm sorry. Uh, you look at it and say, there's no way he can get me from there, and then boom, he's on your shoulder. It's setting up for disappointment in Tampa. And follow me on this, because I think mm -hmm. the Rams are the better team. 
and everybody is embracing the Rams. That makes me a little nervous when you go against Tom Brady. I know they got line issues. You got two top receivers, Godwin and Brown not in. I don't know how good uh, Leonard Fournette's going to be. (sighs) Too many people like the Rams here. What do you think? That makes you nervous. I'm with you. A little Um, bit. A little bit. Yeah, you You've been in this biz a long time to, you know, when when everyone thinks you're going to win, I mean, that's it just gives bulletin board material to the other side. And Tom Brady is sitting over there. So uh, the people the fact that people favor Rams right now, it's it's it doesn't even get into my kitchen. Uh, It's Tom Brady and you're going to his house. He are he is the defending champs. I said this right after we left SoFi when the, the Rams beat Arizona. Uh, great game. Your your gift for beating the Arizona Cardinals is you get the defending champs at their house next week. Yeah. The NFL is doing you no favors. You did yourself no favors with that. So uh, favoring the Rams, good, but it's still going to be a tough out no matter what. Rams win this game because of defense or offense? Hopefully because of offense, really. Um, I, I hope the the good Matthew Stafford you know, shows up. The one we saw in Arizona, the one that is great behind a running game where you don't have to put it up 35, 40 times. Um, the one that doesn't turn the ball over and put your defense in bad situations. So I hope it's the offense. I hope Cam Akers coming back uh, has as much impact as it did versus Arizona. I hope Sony Michelle being uh, sharing the load at running back is going to kind of keep the offense on, on pace, on schedule, and the defense off balance. If you got to throw it and it becomes a passing game between Brady and Stafford. That's I wouldn't want that for anybody's quarterback. I really wouldn't. I wouldn't want that pressure. So I hope the running game is there to kind of pace it, help Sean McVay, call a better game, and you keep Brady on the sidelines for as long as possible. Who is Odell Beckham now as a man? He, he's a star. Uh, if there was ever a guy, yeah, and you've been out here to Los Angeles. You know what this is all about, what this city's about. And so plop an NFL football team here that's trying to grow its fan base. He's perfect uh, for this environment. He's a great athlete. He's tremendous. He's, he's must watch. He's much CTV and he's, he's a pretty damn good receiver too. I mean, that touchdown pass he caught to, for Matthew Stafford where he went up and over the corner. Uh, not many guys can do that with that body control. So the guy makes catches. He's got big hands. He's bigger than what you think. And he, he's a star when he takes his helmet off, he gets the same reaction as when he has it on. They just love him here. Um, at their best, Jalen Ramsey or Aaron Donald, if you're starting your team? Woo, uh, AD. Um, and that's that's hard. Um, AD, because I've seen him do it longer, and he's he's headed to Canton. Um, everybody I've talked to, John Randall to Warren Sapp to all the, the special guys that I came up with, uh, they all say the same thing. They've never seen anything like this. He's, he's, he's awesome. Uh, but that's still tough because Jalen Ramsey, here's a guy who just loves the violence of the game. He really does. Um, he's a corner, but he plays it like a safety, and he coaches it like he's a coordinator, and he has the presence of an outside linebacker. You don't see guys like that uh, too often. I keep wondering. I keep saying this to Maurice Jones-Drew. How the heck did Jacksonville let him go? Really? that th- You don't let talents like this leave. So, good. But, the but Rams didn't he force his way out? He didn't want to stay there. Well, I mean, you could – with a guy this good, I would just turn a blind eye to what he says or what he does. And I try to make him happy because you want him on the field. He's been a difference maker. I mean, at times he's been your best defensive player, even with 99. But to answer your question, I'd have to start with Aaron Donald. That's why it, the, the draft is so unscientific, certainly at quarterbacks. But how many teams passed on Aaron Donald? 
Like, what was it that they they didn't see? Because I always say that GMs sort of talk themselves out of drafting a player because they look at the negatives more than what he does well. They look at what he doesn't do well. You know, this is funny, and um, I, I was kind of there in the area when they were debating Aaron Donald, and it was split. You know, I never heard this before. He's a change of pace defensive tackle. What the heck does that mean? <laughs> you know, I've never heard that. But, I mean, all they kept looking at was his dimensions. He's only six feet, six feet one, about 285 on a heavy day, on a good day. Uh, but if you just look at that, you'd say, okay, we can't take him in the first round. He's not big enough. But then you turn on the film of the Senior Bowl, and no one touched him. No one can block him. He's the best player at the Senior Bowl. So why wouldn't you draft him? So, it was split down the middle, and I'm glad the, the, the right side won because – and even when they drafted him, he had to wait to start. They just didn't – I mean, really, it was, just, it was just strange. I mean, the guy has been Aaron Donald since day one, and he had to wait to start. But as soon as they let him go, you, you haven't stopped him since. But they also missed on Cooper Cup, all these teams. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I think being white, playing at Eastern Washington, um, hey, he's not – he's a 4-6 guy. Um, you know, he's not like a, a Wes Welker or Edelman because he's so much bigger than those guys. Uh, so why, why do you think teams passed on Cooper Cup? You know, this is why Steve Sarkeesian will, I mean, <laughs> it's hard for me like, to like him because Cooper Cup was right up there in, in, in Washington, and we missed. The Huskies missed on him. He's right there. Uh, same with all the, the Pacific Northwest teams. You missed on him. But from what I hear, he just didn't look the part in high school. He just didn't look like a guy that could play. But when you turn on the film, the guy can play. So uh, I guess it's easy to overlook. And the, the white thing is funny. You know, that lasted about a half a practice here. And you know how some corners are when they see guys like Cooper Cup, you know, step up in that line. Oh, my God, this is going to be an easy day. They give you the look. So Tremaine Johnson was the Rams corner, and he was kind of our resident tough guy. We couldn't wait for this matchup, Cup versus Tremaine. And the first pass in one-on-ones, he spun Tremaine into a hole. <laughs> caught a touchdown pass, and then, like, kind of laid the ball down, Tremaine shook his hand, like, immediately. So the white stuff was gone then. <laughs> you know, done. No more white guy. This guy can play. You better treat him like every other receiver. It's funny. Well, yeah. he was still white. He, so, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was still, but, yeah, white. Yeah. Getting the respect. I asked Ricky Prohl the same thing. Um, you know, what is that like? And he said it's an ongoing battle, but with Cooper Cup, you'd never know it. He's just out there playing his game. And it still feels like he's underrated, and he had one of the greatest seasons a receiver's ever had. Yeah, uh, I think there's some jealousy there because there was a concerted effort to get him the football early. Uh, there were some problems early, let's not lie. Um, Matthew Stafford was looking for him. Even Robert Woods, when he was healthy, there was a game where he, he showed his frustration because there were guys open, and Matthew Stafford still tried to fit the ball to Cooper Cup. So, they're trying to get him the football. They're trying to get him open. He can get open on his own. Uh, even Sean McVay had said that the offense runs through him. Now, you don't get head coaches saying that often, but it's true. The offense does go through Cooper Cup. It's always great to talk to you. Sorry I haven't stayed in touch with you. Uh, always uh, appreciated you know, the, your personality. The first time, this is the first time that you've actually interviewed me. The, the, the last time we were together, I actually interviewed you. You came to L.A. Oh. I think it was Gary Miller or Kevin Kiley. You came, and I, you said I was profiling you because you said you had like a 30-inch vertical, and I didn't believe you. And you looked at me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I still do. I still have 30-inch vertical. That I want to see. Yeah. Uh, safe travels. Thank you, DeMarco.
You got it, man. Thank you. That's uh, DeMarco Farr, Rams Radio Network, sideline reporter. And uh, I, I remember talking to him at the mothership. We'd have him on. And I just, I, I forgot how good his personality is. And uh, that was a little sampling there. All right, uh, some phone calls here. Uh, oh, you know what? Can we do career salary for Jimmy Garoppolo? Garoppolo? Yeah, yeah. I, I know it's, you know, on short notice here, but I... I uh, thought, you know, we did Dak Prescott yesterday. Career salary, Jimmy G. Wow, let's check here. He got nothing at Eastern Illinois. <laughs> he made four hundred twenty grand as a rookie in 2014 with the Patriots. Okay. His contract has one more year on it. Next year he will make $27 million from the Niners. And then he'll be an unrestricted free agent okay. after next season. Okay. Career earnings... Including this season for Jimmy Garoppolo. Each of you get a guest. Is it under $100 million? It is not. Mm. I'm going to go one twelve five. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're having a good day. See, you want to take a shot? I'm going to say one ten on the nose. All right. $114,164,000. Okay. Within $2 million, you get eight bonus points. All right. Thank you. I appreciate that. Career salary game brought to you by Panini, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. The hottest rookies, biggest superstars, the all-time greats. Only one place to collect them all, Panini Trading Cards. And uh, they have the iconic brands, Donruss, Prism, Contenders, National Treasures. And you get players like Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. Got all the great rookies as well. You can either uh, start or continue your collection now. PaniniAmerica.net, the official trading card to the Dan Patrick Show. Yes, Paul? If Jimmy Garoppolo is owed $26 million next season, how attractive or unattractive will he be on the, free age, on the trade market? Oh, I think he'll be very attractive. I mean, he is attractive. Yes. Yeah. Now he's going to be football tracked. <laughs> so that doesn't seem like a high number. It seems like a nice no, number. No, that's a nice number. That's where you have to get that sweet spot if you know you're not an elite quarterback. So the team that traps, that uh, trades from, if he's traded, only has a one-year deal with him. That's it? Yeah. But Which you, it could be a good thing. Yeah. But you might say, we'll trade for you, but we have to sign you to a contract. Or maybe only wanting for one year. Maybe Pittsburgh would bring him in for one year. By the way, a couple of uh, big birthdays today. How old do you think Jack Nicholas is? Closest to the hole wins a million dollars. Yes. Seaton? 82. I swear that was my guess. I will go 81. 82 is the answer. Million dollars. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. If, Binding if, contract. Now, if you can't tell me how old. Hakeem Olajuwon is, then you lose the million dollars. Uh, 61. Oh, I'm so sorry. That cost you a million. How much was I off by? He's 59 years of age. Dang. Now, if I just you, lost a million dollars. Now, if you can tell me how old Gina Davis is of Thelma and Louise fame. Timeless. Yes, she is. She won, I think, an Academy Award for uh, Thelma and Louise. Uh, she's uh, 32. Nice. Well done. <laughs> that's, that's the correct answer. She's 66. Man, this, there's a lot of them. Uh, uh, let's see. Robbie Benson. Remember the movie One on One? Sure. Yeah, he was in that. I'm trying to think if there's anybody else in here of, uh, of importance. Well, they're all important. Uh, is, is Luke Grimes... The actor from Yellowstone, 
Does that sound right? God, I, I I know he's from Dayton, Ohio. That sounds like a country singer named Luke Grimes. Yeah, it might be. But he's an American actor. He is on Yellowstone. Okay, he's 38 years of age. 38. He's from Dayton, Ohio? Yes, he is. Okay. Yeah. Smoldering. All the good-looking ones are from that area. All right, we'll take a break. If you're watching on Peacock, our streaming partner, we have uh, Meet Friday. I can see Tyler. I'm monitoring Tyler, the moderator. He's out there. He's, uh, oh, we got a fire going. We got the uh, the chicken breast coming off the tray. Okay, okay. And, oh, I can smell that. What are you having for lunch, Todd? I think I'm having a piece of chicken breast on like a bagel. Okay. Sounds good. Not an onion bagel. No, but nothing, uh, nothing like what you guys got going on over there. What's the shirt you have on? It says Arizona. Yeah, my uh, wife and daughter went on a trip uh, several months ago, and they got me the souvenir—a <laughs> rare long sleeve Arizona shirt, where it's usually in 138 degrees. Do you like the color? Yeah, kind of like a Miami Vice. Thing. Yeah, it's uh, got a little dolphin teal to it. Yes, Paul. Little pink turquoise Miami Vice. Thing. Nothing against the shirt; it's fine. It's awful, but it's fine. It. Isn't that the worst gift? We went to somewhere. Yeah, you no, didn't. Here's no. a shirt. And then when people say, hey, did you go to the Grand Canyon? Here's a, no, no, no. My wife, you yeah. didn't go. Yeah. It's like a rubbing in the it's face. That you didn't go. That's a reminder that you didn't get to go. Let's take a break. We'll come back. Last call for phone calls. What we learn. What's in store tomorrow. Back after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Mike check. Mike check. Do you want exclusive insight from the biggest names in the sports game? What's good? This is national champion and former pro baller Chris Johnson. And let me tell you a little bit about my new series, KJ Live. KJ Live is the only show featuring me going one-on-one with the brightest basketball minds on the planet to get the real. And when I say real, I mean that real. I got legendary Hall of Famers, elite coaches, and the top basketball insiders bringing you a unique perspective on all things hoops culture that you will not find anywhere else. To make your next move your best move and tap in with me on KJ Live wherever Get your podcast from. Lost a friend of the show, Dennis Campbell. He would call in from Wales. Very, very loyal listener. Always loved hearing from him. He passed away. We send this out to his family. Earlier in the show, I mentioned the passing of Meatloaf. Uh, we had him on the show. He was a great guest. Um, Louis Anderson, the comedian, passed away. The first true superstar, I think, in women's college basketball, Lucy Harris. There's a documentary on her. She passed away. She was drafted, first woman who was drafted by an NBA team. And uh, I remember the reaction when they said, oh, you got drafted. And she goes, why? Like she didn't even know that she had been drafted by an NBA team. It might have been the seventh round, if that sounds right. But uh, Lucy Harris at Delta State, I believe. But uh, I just remember that, you know, playing for national championships and uh, she was also on the Olympic team. Might have been the first women's Olympic team for the United States. They won a silver. But uh, and I think she scored the first basket by a woman in the Olympics uh, for the United States. But uh, those are some of the people that we lost. We'll sneak in some more uh, phone calls and uh, tell you what's in store tomorrow. This day in sports history, all of that coming up. I was wondering, what game would be the biggest upset if 
Buffalo beat Kansas City. Nobody's going to be surprised. Would it be the Niners beating the Packers at Lambeau? Because that's the biggest point spread at five and a half. And that has the most fallout, by the way. If the Rams beat Tampa, I don't think you know people look at Tom Brady differently. We might look at Matthew Stafford differently, and certainly the Rams. If the Bengals beat the Titans, I think public perception-wise, it would not be a, a, a surprise, a big upset. And I think just because they, we look at the Titans and we're not quite sure, I guess the identity is their head coach and, and Derrick Henry, Mike Vrabel and Derrick Henry. But that's a, that's a veteran-based team. But it feels like the Bengals are fun. Like it's new and it's exciting, and therefore we wouldn't be surprised. But if the Niners beat the Packers, five-and-a-half-point dogs, I think that would be a, a big surprise and big fall-on. Yeah, Paul. Once in a while, you use the phrase, it's a year early for that team. It yes. feels a year early for the Bengals. Yes. That said, they're only a three-and-a-half-point dog. I know, I know. Well, I thought that Dallas might have been a year early this year. Uh, because I, I don't know. It was just kind of a weird feeling because I didn't know what Diggs and Micah Parsons would be. And then we realized they were quicker to start them than we thought. Uh, let's see. Nate in Oklahoma. Hey, Nate, what's on your mind? Hey, Dan, how are you going? So uh, I'm really appreciating the, uh, the Titans underdog, um, you know, talk around the, uh, the NFL. Sure. Um, you know, we had wins over the Bills, the Chiefs, the Rams, the 49ers. So, but we also, you know, lost to the Jets and Texans, so I get it. Um, my question for you, though, with the, uh, the head coaching interviews with former players, D'Amico Ryan, Josh McCown, Byron Leftwich, it seems like guys, uh, former players, are getting interviews earlier in their career. Is that just a testament to the further advancement of the NFL and learning more? Or are we just hearing about it more because of social media and everything? All right, thanks, guys. Have a good weekend. Thank you, Nate. I think it's social media playing a large role because these teams now put it out there that this guy came in and we interviewed this guy and we finished up with this interview and everybody is tweeting it out. And it feels like there's less kind of hidden from public view now. And I think that's a good thing. Uh, Mike in Maine. Hey, Mike, what's on your mind today? Hey, DP, it's MP checking in from Maine. How are you doing today? Good, good. What's on your mind? Well, first time, long time, 5'11", 175. I, uh, in 2008, was living in Connecticut. The autonomy tanked, and I drove cross-country. And I'm looking at the map of the United States I got from National Geographic, and it took me six days to get from Connecticut to Oregon. Um, that was at a leisurely pace where I stopped by Packers training camp, and I had a stuffed box that I was seeing if Seton would want to borrow for the drive to ride in shotgun. A stuffed box? Yes, my friend shot it, stuffed it, gave it to me. It was a great companion. Oh, oh, People oh, loved it. oh so it's an, an animal, a stuffed fox. Correct. Oh, um, I don't, wouldn't want a stuffed fox. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, well, thank you, Mike. Uh, let, me, let me talk to Seton, because if Seton doesn't want it, man, I would certainly love to have it driving around in my Mercedes. You know, I'm not necessarily a huge taxidermy guy, um, but there was a place, actually, that somebody said it was like in like uh, Iowa or or Nebraska some kind of big game steakhouse bar or something where they have all of these like exotic animals that apparently have been uh, that met cre- their demise it creeps me out I might go check that out yeah I, know, I, I get creeped out with hey there's my fish or there's there's a buck I, I shot I mean I get it people love it a lot of my friends I grew up in an environment everybody had a gun but you walk in and you go oh there's a deer up there. Uh, Doug in Phoenix. Hi, Doug. What's on your mind? 
Hey, gents. Thanks for taking my call. 5-9, yep. Gritty 154. All right. Uh, by the way, today is my birthday. Happy birthday. Uh, I live in Phoenix, Arizona. Thank you, gentlemen. Uh, I live in Phoenix, Arizona. I'm an avid outdoor outdoorsman and fly fisherman, and I've explored all over the Southwest. So, Seton, here's my pitch. Let's load up that Sprinter van, put the Traeger in it, and we're going to park it at the walk-in at Lee's Ferry. So basically, we're going to overlook the Colorado River, and you got the Grand Canyon, and I'll take you up the river, and we'll catch trout, and then we're going to cook them on that Traeger. Wow. Oh. That's my pitch. Thanks, gentlemen. All right. Have a good year. Well, thank you, Douglas. And and he did mention the Grand Canyon. Where it's getting out. Yeah. The Grand Canyon. Yeah. <laughs> now everybody's going to know about the Grand Canyon. Darn it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> poor fellow. I know. And it, and then we're going to go to the Grand Canyon. There's a place right by uh, Lee's Ferry, um, like this like horseshoe bend. Yeah. It's supposed to be one of the most beautiful places in the country. And when you show up, you'll make it even prettier. With me and... The French kid. Yeah. And the Sprinter van. Yeah, Paul. Lee's Ferry is the north end of the Grand Canyon. It's the middle of nowhere. I've been there. It, it's an area called Marble Canyon. Unbelievable. Southern Utah, northern Arizona. This day in sports history, Paulie. Got a few. Uh, John Stockton, 95, became the NBA all-time assist leader. Don Mattingly retired in 1997, right before the Yankees went on their run, unfortunately. Don Mattingly. Uh, Michael Jordan scored 51 on the Knicks this day in 1997. Mm. Jordan played his first game as a wizard at the uh, Bulls in 19, 2002. 2010, Kobe Bryant of the Lakers became the 15th player to reach 25,000 career points. He was the youngest to hit the milestone. He did it 35 days faster than Wilt Chamberlain. Although LeBron broke Kobe's record five years later. Uh, Bill Cowher on this day became the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, let me see. Anything else in here? I don't think so. Let's go around the room. Final results of the poll question, Paulie. I forgot what the poll question was. It is. Was. Was. Which quarterback has the most to gain perception-wise this postseason? Matt Stafford, 33%. Wow. Tom Brady got point. 8%. Okay. Todd, what'd you learn today? Jason in Nebraska recommends Seton stop at a place called the Grand Canyon, and you wouldn't <laughs> let him talk any baseball, by the way. Uh, Seton O'Connor, what did you learn? <laughs> I learned you owe Nick Wright an apology. Yeah, I'm sorry, Nick. I'm sorry, Nick. Uh, Paulie, what did you learn? Fritz used all his content in the first 12 minutes of the show. What did, <laughs> what did I learn today, Todd? We told you. Whether, uh, I know. Whether he yeah. admits it or not, this run for Aaron Rodgers right now, very important to his legacy, trying to get that second ring. The compact GLA proves it's not the size of the SUV in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the SUV. Learn more about the nimble and ready-for-anything Mercedes-Benz vehicle. MBUSA.com, Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. A lot of fun this week. Thank you. Have a great weekend, safe weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday. Dan Patrick Show. One more item as we close out the show, send you into the weekend. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation broke ground on its Do Good Village in Land Lakes, Florida. This is the first of its kind. It's a community of 110 homes for the foundation's program recipients. So together, families can heal. And it's a special place where families know that their neighbors understand and care. A community where the children of our nation's fallen or catastrophically injured heroes can grow and experience life together. The foundation's Do Good Village is going to help those families beyond measure. And it's all thanks to extraordinary donations of many acres of land and your generosity. Help America's greatest heroes and their families heal together. Make the Do Good Village the first of many communities. Do good. Never forget the sacrifices our heroes have made for our country and our communities. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at 
T2T.org. That's the letter T, number two, the letter T.org. Thank you.